Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyberchurch broadcast. We are in the middle of this series called Heaven on Earth, and I am telling you, this is no hype. This is no joke. This is, this is not promotion. I am telling you, you can live your life as if you're in heaven now. You can live your life. I'm not saying that everything around you is going to change. I'm not saying everything that's outside of you is going to change. But I'm telling you this, when inside of you, you feel like you are already in heaven and you have peace and you have joy and you see God's provision, I got news for you. It changes everything in your whole world. Now, we've already talked about the fact that the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So once a person comes to Jesus, this is supposed to be their journey. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Of course, that happens by becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus and following and applying his teachings, following his examples, and believing, of course, what he did for you through his death, burial, and resurrection, and then fully committing your life to that. So, you know, as we talked about before, you know, I had the opportunity to come into a great little church, and you know, the truth is, there were a lot of stuff they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't really believe. They didn't disbelieve in healing. They just thought that God sovereignly chose to heal when he wanted to. Well, that's really not what Jesus taught. That's not what the Apostle Paul taught. That's not what anywhere really in the, in the Bible, you know, teaches. But that's kind of the prevalent. And, you know, what, people who talk a lot about sovereignty, number one, they generally, they generally wrongly define sovereignty and they change it into something other than what the Bible is referring to. God is sovereign in the sense that uh, no one acts on him. And uh, no one can force him to do anything. And so God acts out of his own heart. He acts out of his own character. Everything that he does, he does because it is in line with and in harmony with who he is. And so, so the reality of it is we too created in the likeness and the image of God. We are called to act out of our own character, out of our own heart, just like God does. And that happens, and it starts when we get born again, and then we begin to follow the journey that God has mapped out. You know, a lot of people don't realize God has a journey mapped out for, for all believers. There is one general journey that God has mapped out, and that journey is to come out of the world, to be born again, and to make the journey into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And, and, the, and the reality is most people don't do that. They don't even know there is a kingdom of God or a kingdom of heaven. You know, where I went to church, great church, great pastor, great people. But the truth is, the majority of the people there believe that the kingdom of heaven was where you went after you died. Every single week. My pastor would preach a great message, but it was always a salvation message. It was always a message designed 
to get people to make a decision about being born again. Well, the real truth is, uh, yeah, that should happen in church, but believers need to be discipled in how to make the journey into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And uh, is, is that, that reality missing from Christianity is why Christianity is so impotent. It's why so many people get born again and, and get discouraged and give up and stop because they, they get in, they're excited, they're enthused. They know something phenomenal is supposed to happen. I mean, just think back when you gave your life to the Lord, you knew. You expected, you had confident expectation of good things, of big things, of powerful things that would be coming in the future. And, and you may have experienced what so many people, now let me tell you, there's great churches, there's great, great, great churches, there's great, great, great pastors, but there's a lot of crummy churches, and there's a lot of crummy, selfish, ambitious, uh, carnal pastors. And it's up to you to read the Bible and not, not get into judgment, but, you know, when you see that a person is not walking with God, not making this journey into the kingdom, when they're not inheriting uh, by faith and patience, they're not inheriting the promises, then you know you don't need to be following that person because the Bible tells you not to be following that person. You know, uh, so many times and so many stories that I've heard over the last nearly half a century People would get saved. They would be on fire, man. They were laying their life down for Jesus. And basically, they would go to church, and church, as often as not, would be the place where they got messed up. And they would go get into legalism. They would get in trying to earn righteousness. They would get into everything that's contrary to the gospel. And, but, you know, they trusted their pastors. They trusted their elders and deacons. They trusted the people that were leading them. And like so many people, that great optimism, that great expectation of incredible things coming went away. Now, let me ask you something. What is that expectation? What is that in you when you get born again and suddenly, man, you're looking at the world through new eyes? Suddenly, you see potential everywhere. You see opportunity everywhere. I mean, the world looks totally different. Well, you know something? You may not know the terminology, kingdom of heaven. But that's exactly what's happening. Your heart is coming alive to God. Your heart is drawn after God. And you're realizing this is going to get better and better and better and better and better. But, you know, you, you may go to a church where they, where they treat you like you need to calm down. You're just too excited. You know, people you say that to me all the time. They're like, you know, Jim, I, I appreciate your excitement, but you just need to calm down. You know, you're, 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 you're turning people off. No, I'm turning religious people off, but I'm not turning the lost people off. They're coming to Jesus by the scores. I'm leading people to Jesus every single day. Don't tell me I'm turning people off. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to not be offensive, but, but uh, I'm not going to lose my passion for God to satisfy a bunch of religious people who don't want to do anything for God. My pastor pulled me off to the side and he said, Jim, I wish everybody in our church should be doing what you're doing. And I wish that they were. He said, but, but I'm just going to tell you something. He said, you're never going to make it here. He said, because these people don't want the people that you're winning to Jesus in our church. And he said, I'm ashamed of that. It's wrong. It's bad. But I'm telling you, if you try to do what you're doing and try to stay in our church, 
he said, he, he said, you will lose your wine. Now, you know, the Bible talks about how you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And so one of the problems is when people become religious and fixed and stagnant and rigid, the problem is you can't put new wine in them. You, it's almost impossible to get them excited again. Their ego won't let it happen because they're like, oh, yeah, I was excited like that. But, you know, I, I got over it. I soon calmed down and, you know, I kind of got this thing into perspective. Let me tell you something. There is no perspective. Uh, for eternal life other than peace and joy. There is no perspective for what we have in God other than celebration, worship, and praise, and enjoying life absolutely to its fullness. So when we come, when we come to Jesus and we get born again, we, at that moment, the Bible lays out a journey, a path for us to walk. Now, let me tell you something. You will never be clear about your individual path, your individual calling, if you are not walking the path of God's calling for every single believer. And God's calling for every single believer is that the moment you get saved, man, while your heart is on fire with passion and enthusiasm and excitement, then God wants you to begin there seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first and foremost ahead of every single thing else that's coming. And so when you're born again, that optimism, that enthusiasm, that is actually uh, something really from the Spirit of God working inside you. You know, many people, actually every week my pastor would take one of the parables of the kingdom and teach it as if it was a message that Jesus preached to get people born again. Well, number one, nobody got born again until Jesus was raised from the dead. So that couldn't, that couldn't have been accurate. Um, number two, if Jesus' teachings about uh, what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven, if that's talking about how to get born again, then Jesus is in contradiction of his own teaching because he says this is easy and light. He says all we have to do is believe uh, that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's how, that's how we get born again. But this thing about entering the kingdom, not many people enter the kingdom. And when he talks about narrow is the gate, uh, you know, that, that leads to righteousness, that leads to kingdom living. But wide is the gate that leads to destruction. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about whether or not you get to heaven. It's easy to get born again. But the challenge that we have is for everybody, to some degree, we come to God with enthusiasm, excitement. And the truth is, as often as not, it's the very people that we go to to help us make our journey that actually discourage us and end up weighing us down. Now, Hebrews 11, which we read last week, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, all of these things that happened in the Old Testament were types and shadows and models and examples of, uh, of how we should live and how we should walk with God. Now, Abraham is considered the father of faith. And in actuality, you could even go a step farther and say he's the father of faith righteousness because the big challenge of faith for Abraham, I mean, he had the practical challenges of faith. Follow me. Okay, I'll follow you. Where are we going? Can't tell you till you get there. And so Abraham sets out on a journey, and he doesn't even know where he's going. He's never been to Canaan before. He's never, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he, he's experienced, but he's never been to Canaan before. So God said, just follow me. 
I'm going to take you to the place that you need to go. And so Abraham sets out, as we talked about last week, uh, you know, it says, that, it says that, that he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker was God. In other words, there is a realm. And that realm has, there's a lot of different words to describe that realm. It's entering into rest. It's entering into the kingdom of heaven. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's the city with, found, uh, with foundations. It's a realm that, that is a city, so to speak, that God himself is the only one that, that can build. Now, you got to understand, just like Abraham, we are on a journey to something we've never seen something we've never experienced, something we have never lived. And the real truth is uh, not many believers are actually living there and can help us figure out how to make this journey. But I'm telling you, this, this is a journey that takes us into a realm. And you know, the whole concept of kingdom living is living under authority. This is this is a journey that we began sim simply because we have chosen to make Jesus Lord. Now, I'm telling you, when you surrender to Jesus as Lord, if it's real, and if you're, if you're listening with your heart, if you're opening yourself up to the Word of God, you are going to start a journey. You're going to recognize that God is moving you uh, on a journey, and you know you have expectation and you have you know you positive expectation you're always expecting something miraculous to happen some people get you know they, they'll get a little discouraged because they'll think you know i thought this great thing was going to happen and it didn't well we don't have to worry about the individuality of the great things we just have to follow him and life will start becoming a series of things going right it's serendipity. You are not doing this to earn anything going right. You are not doing this to talk God into doing, making things work out right. You are following the Lord Jesus Christ on a journey to a realm, a city, a kingdom, a place where God rules and reigns. And because God rules and reigns, you get to experience heaven on earth. Earth. When God rules and reigns over your life, not over everybody else's life, no matter what everybody else does, I'm telling you something will happen in your heart that makes you more powerful than anything around you. You know, always think about the Apostle Paul, and over, in, you know, over in the Book of Corinthians, uh, he was talking about uh, about endure, enduring. You know, these, you know, these. Uh, he almost plays them down. These, these light afflictions. Well, these light afflictions were things that he went through like being beaten with rods, being beaten with whips, being stoned to death, having people try to kill him over and over again. So he's some of these horrific things, but he refers to them as light afflictions. How in the world could he ever, ever refer to any of those things as light afflictions? Well, he refers to them as light afflictions because he is experiencing a strength in his heart that makes him like Samson, that makes him powerful, that makes him strong, that makes him confident. And the real truth is when you are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, which is something that happens inside of you, I got news for you. You can face anything with confidence, with peace, with joy, 
And, uh, and, and you can always be confident that, that pretty much no matter what happens, you're going to come out on top. See, I, I always know I'm going to win. Now, sometimes me winning means I have to admit where I'm wrong. Sometimes me winning means I do have to repent. Sometimes me winning can mean any number of things, but I still win. I always, I always come out right in the center of God's best for me and for my life. And you can do that in every single situation. Now, when you are born again, in John 3, 3, it tells us that, that once you are born again, you can see or perceive the kingdom of God. So before you get born again, all of this is nonsense. Before you get born again, people talking about miracles and people talking about the peace of God and all that kind of stuff, it just sounds goofy. It just sounds stupid. But the reality of it is when you are born again, man, you sense an internal strength. And you will sense that strength until you start living a compromised life or until you give up your hopes and, and your faith and uh, the future and the destiny that God's called for. I mean, you can give all that stuff and go back to being discouraged and go back to being weak and go back to struggling and failing. But the real truth is when we are born again, not only do we come alive to God, but our spiritual perception changes. Our ability to grasp, to see, to perceive, to understand, to recognize, to sense, to feel what's going on in the supernatural world uh, becomes our, our norm. And, and we have that capacity to do that. So getting born again is not a guarantee of entering the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And we'll talk, you know, we'll talk some more. Uh, we've already talked about the differences, but we'll talk a little bit more about the differences as, as we go because they are overlapping differences. You make, when you make Jesus Lord, then you are living in a realm that God rules through the Lord Jesus. And in that realm uh, is heaven because all the resources of God are available to you and can be seen and perceived by the heart that surrenders to the Lordship of Jesus. So we become like the Apostle Paul. We might go through some stuff and other people might look at us and go, man, how did you make it through that? And you're kind of like, I don't know. I just made it. You know, God was with me. God helped me. You can't really even explain it. You start living a life that you can't explain. But because you can now perceive the kingdom of God, there is going to be, until you shut it down, until you quench the fire, until you say no to God, until you harden your heart with sin, or until you let religion take over your life, and none of those things has to happen. They, they all happen because there are choices but until, the, until and unless those things happen, you're going to get a passion for God, a passion for the things of God. And I'm telling you what, you're going to have that sense. And, and you know, it's not about knowing the word kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. It's just having that sense that God's calling me to something great. God is calling me to a, a, a better quality of life than I've ever known. God is calling me to something that I know is going to be good and that I'm going to enjoy every second of this life. And we might not know what to call it, but I got news for you. That's what the Bible calls the kingdom of God. So, you know, then the question becomes, how can I perceive the kingdom of God? And so, and that is a legitimate question. By the way, let me just mention to you, I have an incredible series called Heaven on Earth. And if you order the series Heaven on Earth, it's an audio series. You can get the book, uh, the digital download of the book Heaven on Earth. And I'm going to tell you something, uh, my audio version of this and my book is designed every step of the way 
to lead you into making decisions, making choices that help move you down this path of following Jesus as Lord and ultimately discovering this path, this path called the, the kingdom of God. So if you're interested, want to go a little deeper, download it tonight. And man, I'm telling you what, you will, you will be a walking in tall cotton, as we used to say down here in the South. So, so everything that God does, he does in and through us by the way of our heart. Now, the Bible talks probably more about the realm of the heart as, as, the, as how man's life is shaped, of how our destiny is shaped, where faith and love and all of these things emerge from our heart. And so the reality of it is God speaks in your heart. He does not speak in your mind. God speaks in your heart. And then based on the condition of your heart, that is then communicated to your mind. Now, if you've got goofy, corrupt religious beliefs, I've got news for you. God can be telling you, God can be telling you, you know, how to get out of that million-dollar debt that you're in, and you will twist it uh, to fit the thoughts of your mind rather than just receive it based on the thoughts of your heart. But God, the Lord is our shepherd. He is always trying to lead us down the path of righteousness because it is the path of righteousness that we, and we'll talk more about that later, but it is the path of righteousness. I'm not talking about legalistic perfection where you're earning something from God. I'm talking about where you are seeking to harmonize your life with God. You're seeking to live your life the way Jesus lived his life. You're looking at Jesus as Lord and, and, and you want to live like he lived. You don't want to just know the information that he knew. You want to live the way he lived. You know, uh, decades ago, I, I developed a program called Heart Physics. Heart Physics, the introduction to Heart Physics is a 30-day program that you do every single day. And the purpose of Heart Physics is to get you to zero in on the reality of Christ in you and come to a place where you can hear and recognize and trust the voice of God. And so the reality of it is, if you want to enter into kingdom living, you know, step one, and we talked about this already, step one is making that decision uh, to connect to Jesus as, as your Lord, not just as Lord, but as your personal Lord. Enter into it intimacy. Remember, the Bible says that, you know, Jesus came that we might have life and have more abundantly, but the Bible also says, and this is life to know experientially, to experience God and to experience Jesus whom he has sent. So really, this is all about connecting to God in a deep, personal, intimate way. And in the parable of the sower and the seed, which we will again get into a whole lot more later on, Jesus says this is the primary parable for understanding the kingdom of God, understanding all of the other parables. And, and, and the parable of the sower is the parable that shows us how to influence our heart and how to start molding our heart and establishing our heart with the, with the Word of God. And as we, as we establish our heart with the Word of God, then the real truth is a connecting with, with God, being in harmony with God, starts becoming natural, being able to hear God, trusting God when you hear Him, 
it starts becoming natural. And you stop living your life out of your mind and out of your personal strength. And you start living your life out of your heart where you're hearing and sensing the voice, the direction of God. But you're also sensing a power and a confidence and a peace that is just beyond anything you understand. It's beyond anything that you can explain. So, you know, and I can't remember what we did last week, but I'm pretty sure last week we talked about making this decision about Jesus, uh, about Jesus being Lord. Either he is Lord or he isn't Lord. Now, the real truth is, if you are not surrendered to Jesus as Lord, you will never discover entry into the kingdom of heaven. You will never find that door that leads to a realm where all of your needs are met, where all your desires are fulfilled, where you have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, where you sense the direction of God, where you hear the voice of God, where, you know, where you're experiencing all the attributes of God in your heart. And i got news for you. That's what you want because, because that is what sustains you when you face a wicked world, when you face unkindness, when you face rejection, when you face hate and all the things that are in the world now. And I'm telling you, in, in the months and, not, and, and years ahead, not many years ahead, Christians are going to be facing very much like what was faced by the early church in Rome. We are, going, we are going to be facing a persecution. There is no explaining it away. If you've read the book, you know how it ends, and it's going to come. And I got news for you. The people that are going to live as overcomers are people who really are citizens of the kingdom of God. They have, they have entered a whole new realm of living, and they're experiencing something in their heart that other people don't experience. You know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to take the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth before he can actually return. Well, that's exactly what Impact Ministries is doing. Through, through books, through uh, uh, audio, through digital downloads, through these weekly broadcasts, and through our Operation One Billion, where we are raising up Bible schools all over the world, where we are training and raising up disciples. We are doing everything possible to introduce people not just to salvation, but to the Lordship of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And when people start living a quality of life, then they don't get sucked into the world systems. Then they don't turn to sin and corruption and fear and all of these things to try to protect themselves or try to get whatever it is they think they need because they have a strength inside them that other people like other people can perceive it, they can see it, but they don't understand what it is. They don't, they'll never know what it is. Let me tell you something. If you know people, or if this is you, and you, know, you struggle on and off, you're up and down and on and off in your walk with God, and you're just not finding that victory that your heart is crying out for, and you're still living in that, you know, in that expectation, it's like, well, wait a minute. I know and I have that sense that my life should get better and better and better. And our problem is, again, sometimes we just get bogged down with that and we get frustrated because we can't see it. The reason we can't see it and can't understand it, can't find that place of patience 
is because we really have not established it in our heart as a reality that is sure. Listen, share this message with everybody you know, especially people that are struggling. And if you would like to help me raise up one billion people who live and walk as disciples to the Lordship of Jesus, be sure and check, my, check out my website at impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com and click on the link, go into World Changers, and it talks about all that we're doing all around the world, and specifically we'll talk about Operation Wendelia. Listen, help me change the way the world sees God so that we can bring Jesus back. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.